Hey, what's up, guys? This is Brad. This is Miles. And welcome to the house. The holidays are here. The bowl games are heating up. Brad, how we doing? I'm doing pretty good. I'm super stoked for this uh, this football season we got coming here. We have a couple big games coming to Orlando, so we'll be able to go and watch some great football. Yeah, a week from today, you and I will be headed uh, to uh, the Citrus Bowl. Yeah, the Camping World Stadium. Or so, Camping yeah. World Stadium. Well, I still call it the Citrus yeah, Bowl. I think it's always going to be the Citrus it's Bowl. Always, forever will be the Citrus Bowl. Uh, but before we uh, get into the bowl games for this week, let's go ahead and uh, recap the action last week. Uh, we're going to start with all of the good news because uh, we did really well uh, in college football. Yeah, we actually flip-flopped this time. Normally we do great in NFL and in college football. This time we did pretty doggone Pretty darn good in college football. I like to think it's the culmination of all the knowledge that we've gained yeah. watching all these college football games, and now we're playing on neutral fields. And Yeah, we, can, um, we know who the better team is. Yeah, we know who the better team is. Starting with the Las Vegas Bowl, Boise State, seven and a half point underdogs. They pull out the win, 38-28. You and I both had Boise State. Too easy. The New Orleans Bowl, the co-Sun Belt champions of Troy, seven-point favorites over North Texas. They win that game 50-30, to and we both had Troy minus seven. That defense is too good. Um, at one point, I was afraid that North Texas wasn't going to score more than 20 points. Boca Raton Bowl. Speaking of scoring no points, <laughs> Poor fighting Akron. Lane Kiffins, 17-point favorites over the Akron Zips. They win the game 50-3. to and FAU comes through for us. I couldn't believe my eyes when I saw the score to that game, 50-3. to I was like, this has got to be a mistake. So uh, that was 3-for-3 uh, three three there. And then the Frisco Bowl is where we disagreed. Yeah, the biggest Louisiana surprise. Louisiana Tech just taking it to SMU, 51-10. to They were five-point underdogs. I had Louisiana Tech covering. Uh, you had SMU covering uh, in that game. That's kind of weird to me, too. Um, the money line on that was 155 and... The amount of people that I saw that took 155, brilliant. They were brilliant. That's all I can say with that. Definitely. Going into the NFL where we took some hits. and oh, God. It's mainly due to those two covers that we thought were just automatic. But Philadelphia, eight-point favorites over the Giants. The Giants end up uh, giving them a close game, 34-29. So we both take a loss there. It'll happen sometimes. But, I mean, Nick Foles was not the reason. No, that, not that at all. This game was close. Four touchdowns was remarkable. And then the New York Jets in New Orleans. They were 15.5-point underdogs. They lose the game 31-19. So uh, another loss that you and I take on that one. We both had New Orleans covering. Yeah, 15.5 is a lot. Um, but honestly, I, 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 if I had to do this again, I still wouldn't pick the Jets to win to lose by less than 15 and a half. I wouldn't either, and that's one of those bets where you can feel good about it. I mean, yeah. I, would all, I would pick the Saints to cover that game every time. Every time. It is what it is. And then the one on Saturday night, uh, the Chargers and the Chiefs. I was very confident in the Chiefs at home. They end up destroying the Chargers 30-13. to uh, And you had the Chargers minus two on that one. Yeah. Los Angeles Rams over the Seattle Seahawks 42-7. to You and I both took Seattle minus Man. one. And I thought the edge was Seattle being at home. But when you punch a team in their mouth that early, it doesn't matter who's home and who's away because the crowd's out of the game. Los Angeles, one of the best teams on the road this year. Oh, my God. So without further ado, uh, let's start talking about some real college football bowl games, starting with the Alamo Bowl on December 28th, Stanford and TCU. Interesting matchup because we have both teams coming off a loss in their conference championship game. Yeah, this is going to be an interesting one for me here because I'm going opposite 
of what my gut is telling me because TCU defensively is better in every single defensive category than Stanford. But Stanford's trending up and TCU's trending down. I think that loss to Oklahoma was big for TCU. I have Stanford here plus two. I'm on the same exact page with you here. Okay. Whereas it's, uh, you know, the, the numbers tell me to take TCU, but have you heard of this kid called Bryce Love? He's amazing. He, okay, Bryce Love's going to, I think, run all over TCU. And TCU has a, a fairly good rush defense. They're, they're like fourth in rush, rush yards allowed. Doesn't matter. When you're handing the, the ball to a guy 30-plus times, he's going to break free. And when the guy's Bryce Love, he might break free more times he, than he doesn't. So Some of the biggest stats for me for Bryce Love's season is him averaging 8.3 yards per carry on 237 attempts. And he's got 10 games with a rush of 50 yards or more. Yeah, his, his breakaway ability is phenomenal. And he, when you look at him run, you don't think he's going to break away when he does sometimes. And it, it, it like I said, without sounding redundant it's remarkable um one thing i do want to say is tcu does own the head-to-head uh straight up but the against the spread it's one and one i just don't see tcu stacking up uh i know kenny hill if you compare kenny hill to costello kenny hill's a way better quarterback but that's only because he has to throw the ball right you have a guy like bryce love in your backfield you don't have to throw the ball more than 10 times a game and with the way that Stanford runs their offense and how – I mean, TCU is good on defense. They they didn't show up against Oklahoma, but I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I like the fact that in bowl games, TCU, 2-6 and six against the spread in their last eight bowl games. Yeah. Stanford in their last eight bowl games, 6-2 and two against the spread. One thing that bothered me here um, about taking this, this is the only thing – excuse me, the only thing that made me weary was TCU – is TCU's defense is so dominant that if they score, they put up points, Stanford could get caught looking back. And I remember I said that back early in the season that Stanford is so run dependent, run dependent that if it happens that they get down early, they might get trapped. But I, I'm not, I'm not sold on TCU. I see your point uh, there, but I just think Stanford played really well against a really good USC team. Yeah. Definitely. On a neutral field, so I feel much more confident uh, going with them in this game than than TCU coming off that terrible loss to Oklahoma. Yeah, I, I do too. And I have a, a score prediction for you here. I have 25-20 TCU, and I, I just don't see TCU getting in the end zone that much. And especially, let's say Bryce Love breaks a couple big ones, it's going to be momentum Stanford. I've got Stanford 21-16, so we both have them winning yeah. by five points. So we're both really on the same page here. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's a good one to hear. So uh, let's move over to the Birmingham Bowl, uh, Texas Tech versus USF. And these teams kind of had two totally different ends of the season. Completely different. You have Texas Tech, they they won on the last second to make to become bowl eligible. I mean, not bowl, yeah, to become bowl yeah, eligible. Yeah, they're coming in the six And wins. then you have um, USF losing a nail-biter. One of the games of the year versus UCF. I think this is a complete mismatch Yeah, in favor of USF. Okay, good. Yeah, we're on the same page. I have USF as well. I mean, the way that they played, I mean, their last game, we talked about it, one of the games of the year against UCF. Quentin Flowers had 500 yards through the air. And Texas Tech's defense, one of the worst in the country, allowing 32 points per game. I don't think Texas Tech will be able to keep up with USF on the scoring end. I I don't either. Um, And... 
one thing that I know, sure, you can tell me they're scoring 33-something points per game, but USF defense, although they got torched against two really high-powered offense like UCF and Memphis, they're still great. 22 points per game is is fantastic. It's no pushover. They rank in the top 15 in a lot of uh, the top defensive categories. Yeah. That's going to be the other difference of the game is the fact that they have that ability. Yeah, definitely. And I think here um, Quentin Flowers and uh, Geis are going to do whatever they want. Let's just go ahead and look at this stat. I want to throw – Quentin Flowers had 200, uh, 21 – he had 21 throwing touchdowns, right? My man comes in with 10 rushing touchdowns. Team's leading Russia with 972 yards. That's huge. That is huge. And Texas Tech is not good against the run. And in Texas Tech's last seven games, they're 2-5 and five against the spread. And that's the thing here is that Texas Tech has given me no reason, no reason for me to believe that they can even begin to slow down Quentin Flowers. Yeah, not at all. And I was looking um, at Texas Tech for some of the opponents they played. And these last couple games – they weren't really tested in their victories. Uh, don't get me wrong. Beating Texas is great, but it's just Texas. Beating Baylor is not not a, a major feat. Not exactly a signature win the way that the Baylor uh, program The rest of the games that they played in those last five games were losses. Right. So. I, 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 do, I definitely have um, an easy win here. One thing I, I want to highlight for those of you guys who are so big into the against the spread numbers. Um, That's me. <laughs> USF is one and four in their last five games against the spread, but all those spread, all those um, point totals were outrageous. The lines were against the them. lines were were sick. They were sick. So don't get hung up on that stat because this is a very manageable uh, line at two. And it's exactly what happened to them, or uh, exactly what happened to UCF towards the end of their season. Is that yeah. the lines just started to become ridiculous. Yeah, they it, they the they were. Really crazy here. I do have a high-scoring game here for this one. I, I do have a 70-point total. so. Okay, yep. I've got a high-scoring game as well. I've got USF winning 42-27. I think Tech's going to get their points. but Yeah, our games are legit sounding so similar. I have 45-30. Wow. We're really clicking here uh, yeah. on these first two games. So That's uh, good to hear. Confident there. Uh, let's move over to one I'm really excited about because we finally get to uh, talk about the Big Ten the Holiday Bowl has a great matchup for us. The Michigan State Spartans are two-point underdogs against Washington State. Okay, so this here really intrigued me because historically Washington State has done pretty awful against Big Ten opponents. But after after doing much research and, and much looking, I, I think I'm going to go with Washington State minus two here. All right, so uh, we are on opposite ends here. I've got Michigan State plus two. Can you give me your thoughts uh, on how the Cougars are going to perform here? Okay, my thought is more against more on how Michigan State's going to perform. Okay. Yeah, Michigan State, fantastic on defense. Fantastic. But the two games where Michigan State played high-powered offenses, they lost 38-18. to 18, That's versus Notre Dame. 48-3 to three versus Ohio State. All of their other games that they won or they played were not against high-powered offenses. I, I'm, I'm taking out the Penn State game because – I don't think Penn State can beat you in both aspects of the field. Uh, I think Penn State is going to run run the hell out of you, but I'm not a big believer in their quarterback. That is the main reason why I'm going with this. I'm going to talk about the flip side. Okay, so Michigan State's defense uh, is top 10. We know how good they are. Yeah. Washington State's game against Washington, <laughs> because Washington has an even better defense than Michigan State. Yeah. Washington State had negative 24 rushing yards in that game. 
and Falk threw three picks. I've got Falk turning the ball over three times against this Michigan State defense. I've got Michigan State's offense controlling the ball and the clock with L.J. Scott. And my boy Mark D'Antonio has Michigan State 4-1 and one against the spread in their last five bowl games. I like that stat a lot, and don't get me wrong. I like the fact that Michigan knows how to play outside. Michigan State knows how to play outside outside of their field at, at three and two here. I just don't think that Michigan State has played a passing attack like this. You gotta you gotta know that Washington State's the number two passing offense in the nation, and my problem is guys like Falk. Sure, he's gonna throw three picks, but in those last those last what three games, seven touchdowns, six interceptions. The picks are gonna come, but the touchdowns are there as well. I'm seeing your point here. I am. Yeah. But at the same time, I keep going back to the Washington-Washington State game because I don't think Washington's offense is that good. But they put up 41 against the Cougars and just dominated with defense. Now, granted, they were at home. Yeah. But I just see Michigan State having the advantage. And I, I get where you're saying. Because so of the defense. When, when I first was uh, analyzing this game, I, I did have Michigan State. And then I crossed it out because I compared that Washington and Washington State game um, to what this would be like. But Lewerke is no um, no Browning. Browning's a much better quarterback. And the neutral site, in my opinion, will help. Another stat here that I'm going to throw. This is a big one. Washington State is covered in seven games. You're telling me all I need all I gotta do, all I gotta do is win by two? I'm afraid that this can be another terrible Michigan State game where they go to a bowl and they get beat. But they've been good in bowls. They've been good. But they've also had when they get beat, they get beat. Bad but you're worried game. about, let's say, the 48 to three loss to Ohio State. I mean, that yeah, it, that's what that I'm is saying. alarming. Yeah, but I just don't think Washington State has near uh, the amount of talent that an Ohio State does. I've got a low scoring game, and for that reason, I've got Michigan State controlling the game and winning 17 to 10. Yeah, see, I, I didn't get a score prediction on this one because I'm afraid that the score is not going to go in my favor. I. I don't know if it's going to be low scoring. I don't know if it's going to be high scoring. I just got to imagine that it's got to be – that Michigan State has got to show me something. Do you think it's going to be close? Yeah, for a little bit. And I think it's going to be one of those close for three quarters, Washington State pulls away. Just because <clears throat> if Washington State can find the answer to Michigan State's defense, you're, you're telling me that Lewerke's got to answer every call. And that could be hard when it comes down to it. It's a big if. Yeah. So, and I, and I don't know if this is because I like, I don't know which Washington State team's going to show up. Sometimes they destroy teams. Sometimes they're they're god awful. But the Michigan State team that I've seen against good opponents is very subpar. All right, moving on uh, to the Camping World Bowl, uh, December twenty eighth. Uh, you and I will be there. Yes, this one this one's fun. Uh, analyzing this game, I'm just going to go ahead and admit this to anybody out there. When I picked the winner, I picked the team I wanted to win. Um, this is going to just be me being a fan because I'll be there. I have Oklahoma State minus four and a half. Okay, so I really struggled with this one. And yeah. after doing some uh, deep diving, I mean, I realize how just great of a matchup this is. Yeah. Two very different seasons. Two very different teams. Right. These guys have not seen the likes of the other. Yeah. On their schedule. Oklahoma State has not seen a defense like this. Yeah. Virginia Tech has sure as hell not seen an offense like this. It's really exciting. And when I was digging into it, too, I was like, holy crap. 
we're going to be at a great bowl game. Yeah, this is going to be fire versus steel. Let's let's go. Let me back up my claim and uh, and give it some base. Oklahoma State on the road this year, six and zero. So these guys can play at another team's venue. Now they're playing at a neutral site versus a, an offense that is god awful. I looked at every statistical category on offense. Right. Okay. Virginia Tech is not in the top fifty in any of them. Doesn't surprise me at all. So, Freshman quarterback, they yeah. struggle away from home. They struggle against big time opponents, and Oklahoma State's a big time opponent. Big time with a one of the best one two punches. And actually, let me stop because that's not that's not giving. I'm cutting somebody off. I say one two punch because at first I was saying one two punch with. Rudolph and Washington. You're leaving out Hill. I'm leaving out Hill. So I got to go one, two, three punch. And that's big time. James Washington ranks number two in total receiving yards. Rudolph yeah. is number one in total passing yards. Yes. And the key factor in all of their wins against ranked opponents this year has been the running game. Yeah. It's surprising. And no one is paying attention to Justice Hill. They talk about this quarterback with this great big arm with this great receiver. And then here's Hill. You look at you look at, on the paper, he has 150 rushing yards. By the way, I'm completely with you here. I've got Oklahoma State minus four and a half. Yeah. I just want to talk about this one more time. Because earlier in the year, we did a blind resume with Mackenzie Milton and Baker Mayfield. Uh, Mason Rudolph, uh, number one quarterback in passing yards, 10 yards per attempt. And he's behind Milton and Mayfield. I I, I just like, after looking at the stats again, just seeing how good of a season Mackenzie Milton had. And uh, did not get an invite to... I should. I thought he should have been a Heisman finalist, and I mean, he took his team to be undefeated. He put up great numbers. What are you punishing him for? Zero recognition for the fantastic. I mean, literally, we're talking about a guy who is sandwiched between Baker Mayfield and Mason Rudolph in every passing category. It's crazy. Yeah. So I, uh, I just saw that again. But uh, I, I, I'm excited to watch uh, Rudolph in action. Um, we're talking about uh, the number three ranked offense in the yes. country with Oklahoma State going up against the number three ranked defense. With Virginia Tech, um, but this time I'm going with the offense, and I'm going with the fact that I don't think Virginia Tech will be able to compete in a shootout. Yeah, that's my that's was my biggest takeaway from this is, sure your defense is great, but if you can't put points on the board, I mean, averaging 28 points per game versus a team who's averaging 46, your defense better be the best defense in the entire world, and they're not. They have their flaws. They're great, and I just don't think that they're going to stop Mason Rudolph. Do you think it's going to be a shootout? A shootout, yes, but not close. I think there will be a lot of points on the board, but I, I see I could easily see a fifteen, oh, excuse me, a fourteen point victory here. Me too. I'm glad we agree on that one because that was one I wanted to to pick your brain about. Let's go ahead and move over to the NFL, uh, where we have a slate of one o'clock games, and then we'll end it uh, with the late afternoon game. We'll go ahead and start with. Another head-scratcher for me, um, the Los Angeles Rams. They're seven-point favorites at Tennessee Titans. The Titans play well at home, but I've got the Rams here covering once again on the road. Yeah, this one for me was another another tough one because I don't know if the Rams can repeat the performance that they had last week against the Tennessee Titans. Their defense is actually remarkable. Well, here's the thing. I don't think they need to repeat that performance. No, they don't. They, I think what is the, if they win, they're in. Yep. They, they win, win the, the division. They, I mean, when they, they win, they win the division. Um, with the Rams, I just got to go ahead and give credit where credit's due. Todd Gurley, thank you so much. 
because of you, I won four fantasy semifinals. And I played against Cream Hunt in one of those. And so I am now in the, the championship round in four leagues. Thank you. With that being said, that was that was my preface. I'm nervous about having him in four leagues against this Titans D. Titans have only allowed five rushing touchdowns all season. They shut down the run. And, yes, I, and I'm glad you brought this up because this is the key in the spread. This is the key. Are they going to shut down Todd Gurley? If they make him a non-factor, the Titans could stay in this game. With that being said, I'm going to throw another one. Titans have also given up 23 throwing touchdowns. And you know Goff is, uh, he's got Woods back. He's got Woods back. He's Cooper Cup's finally involved. The offense heavy. Sammy Watkins ready to cut, catch some balls. And just because they're going to shut down Gurley on the run does not mean Gurley won't have a passing catch. And LA just plays well on the road. They're 5-1 and one against the spread in their last six games on the road. What Do you think that there is some kind of contributing factor here to the Rams being such a great road team? Yeah. I think it's because they don't need to rely on their home team. They have this new Okay, it's kind of like it's kind of like you see that really good freshman who plays in like an individual space, individual based sport like wrestling, uh tennis, tennis, golf. bowling, golf. They're always so good because no one expects them to win. They're young. This is the Rams. Young coach, young defense, young offense, young quarterback, young running back, young receivers. They're just playing. They're out there having a good time. And, and one game away from winning one of the toughest divisions in football. Yeah, it, it's it's remarkable to see, and I think that's what their success is on the road. A lot of those teams, a lot of those veterans you got out there, they want to play at home. They strive to play at home. So when they're on the road, they're missing home. The Rams don't care. They're young. They're They're having a good time. And as we've stated before, they don't really have a home field advantage. Yeah, no. Carson's not a great city for, for football yet. Yeah, but um, one thing I, I do love the fact that you you highlighted their uh, their road games, but also, wait, you went with the Rams, right? Yes, I'm going with the Rams here, minus seven. What do you What are your opinion? What's your opinion on Mariota versus this team? Okay, so I've been up and down on Mariota this year. Yeah, I still think he has the ability to be an upper echelon quarterback. Okay, I think that the injuries have hurt him this year. You could say that about about any player in the NFL, yeah. though. I, I understand that. But against the Rams at home, see, this is why I'm worried. Because I feel like he will be competitive you think in, so? in this game. See, yes. The Rams' defense, one thing that they don't get enough credit for, they have a great pass defense. Now, their run defense, on the other hand, is not the best. And they're playing Mariota, who only turns the ball over because the legs aren't working. I think they'll be. I think the Titans will be able to to rack up a good amount of rushing yards. I do too. Uh, and besides Delaney Walker, he's got no one to throw to. Yeah, yeah. It's Delaney Walker. It's a huge problem. We thought Corey Davis would be a little bit more than he was. Rashard Matthews is hit or miss, and I'm praying for Rashard Matthews because I just put Jack Doyle on the bench in my flex to uh, bring in Rashard Matthews. So I wanted to get that edge just play. in case. It's a big play because this is a whole different topic, but. Um, Jack Jack Doyle can get eight points or he can get fifteen. Rashard Matthews, he's averaging about eight. I'm hoping for the bump. Before we move on, just one more stat uh for LA on the road. They're outscoring teams on the road by an average of twelve points per game. I love it. I love that. All right, so let's move over to the uh game that I'm excited to talk about. The Bills at New England. 
New England here is giving 13 points, and they've looked a little shaky. But coming out of that win in Pittsburgh was key. And would you even say shaky? I mean, I uh, because in my opinion, they went into possibly the best team in the AFC, went into their place yeah, in a late afternoon game. I don't, I don't want to hear about the controversy. Brady had a fourth quarter comeback. Yeah. Oh, no, no. I don't think there's a controversy at all. I don't think that was a catch. By the way the rule is set up, if the ball moves when they hit the ground, it's not a catch. Exactly. And any, page, any uh, Steelers fan out there who's upset about that, read the rules. That's like when you break the law, you're mad that you got a ticket. You can't because the, the rules are the rules, the law is the law. It wasn't a catch. And it's not like the catch ended the game. Right. And whether or not uh, the rules should be changed doesn't matter here. It wasn't changed. It wasn't changed. The rule's the rule. The rule's the rule. The catch was not the reason they lost. They lost because Brent Roethlisberger did the fake spike and threw an interception. Do you have uh, the Patriots covering? Okay. This here was a tough one at first. I have the Patriots covering. Why I say it's tough is because 13 points is a lot. But historically, when the Bills play the Patriots at home, when the Bills are on the, way, on the road to the Patriots, the Patriots wax them. And this is a different Bills team than I'm – than I could say I'm comfortable with because I don't think defensively they're as dominant as they normally are. And offensively, besides running the ball, they suck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, LaShawn McCoy has been playing out of his mind. Yeah. But it's not going to be enough. I also have the Patriots covering. And for me, the X factor right now is a healthy Rob Gronkowski. Yeah, He had nine catches for 168 yards last week. He looked great. And look at the head-to-head matchup. The Patriots are 8-2 and head-to-head. Uh, um, man, dang it. I had the uh, against the spread head-to-head, but I totally did not write it down. Um, it's a, a lot to a little. And those head-to-head matchups, you have to factor in some of those were in Buffalo. Right, and even this year. Yeah, they beat him in Buffalo 23 to 3 and I was looking at the box score of that game. Something that stood out to me was Deion Lewis and Rex Burkhead both averaged 6 yards a carry. Yeah. In that game and they both had over 10 carries. Yeah. New England just finds a way to win on that day. And I don't see um Buffalo really giving them anything to write home about here. Yeah, me either. Um Buffalo is just not strong enough. With at 18 points a game, you're playing against the number one passing attack in the in the in the country. You're playing against, in my opinion, the best quarterback right now, who's completing 67 percent of his passes. My man's throwing 28 touchdowns, seven interceptions, and you're telling me Tyrod Taylor at his 13 touchdowns and four interceptions is gonna beat Tom Brady? And if Tyrod doesn't have the legs, he doesn't have a game. And Tyrod's coming off a knee. When he when you're coming off a knee, you're not gonna be running against against anybody. You know I love against the spread stats. New England 7-1 and one against the spread in their last eight games as double-digit home favorites. I love it. I thought that was fantastic. This is going to be the New England statement game. Yes. Rivalry game. They're going to put up 20, uh, a 20-point-plus victory, and I don't see why not. Uh, with that being said, let's move over to Tampa Bay versus Carolina. Uh, Carolina's laying 9.5 points. Okay, is there any way Tampa Bay can compete in this game? So, no. Why I said that, sure. Sure, Jameis threw lights out last game, 299 yards, three touchdowns. Sure, 
they were a field goal away from bringing that game into overtime versus Atlanta. When Tampa Bay played Carolina in Tampa Bay, they lost 17-3. to Panthers are coming off. Panthers know what they have to do. They're coming off a big, big game. Two huge wins. Minnesota, Green Bay. And they combined for 62 points in those back-to-back wins. Cam Newton is, he's healthy. He's, this is the offense he wants. He doesn't have to target Kelvin Benjamin all game. He can spread the ball around. He can run it. He can, I really like what he did to Clay Matthews when Clay Matthews said it's going to be the wheel route to Chris That McCaffrey. was And he art. said, watch this. And he, he threw that little dig oh, route. Oh, you can watch the film, huh? I love that. Watch this. He's got the swag. This Panthers offense is the best offense that Cam Newton has had. And you know what the key contributor is? Greg Olson. Yeah. Being Greg Olson, he was the the missing cog in this offense. Because of him, he opens up the entire field. Yeah. He opens up Stewart. He opens up McCaffrey. He opens up Benjamin. He opens up Newton on the ground. He opens up the entire field because Olson is that good. Yeah, and uh, with that being said, I'm afraid I actually put – I actually put – um. Stewart on the bench for D.D. Westbrook, but that's another story. Tampa Bay is second worst in the NFL at yards allowed per game. That was my number one stat. That I have it bolded. I bolded <laughs> it because that is horrible. Awful. 390 yards per game, and with the way that this offense is playing right now? I, I, don't be surprised if the Panthers don't put up 45 points on them. The Panthers in their last seven games are 6-1 and one against the spread. This is a lock for me. Uh, uh, an ultimate lock. Let's star this one yeah. as a lock here. That's a five-star pick. Do you know what's what? What's sad? I'm a Tampa Bay Bucks fan, and I think it's time to clean house. Not person, not player personnel, but coaching personnel. What are your thoughts on Jameis? I still think that Jameis has the ability to be I, the guy. Okay, so we look at Jameis. He makes the mistakes, and I don't. I don't think that's bad, but he's a leader. He can throw the ball. He's a game. He's a he's a a, a baller, which means I when I say baller, he's gonna want to go out there and compete. It's not his fault. I have to say that the amount of missed kicks, the bad defense, the bad he's playing with a bad offensive line and played with a bad shoulder. And I was so quick to write him off, but then I looked at it and I thought about it logically. It's not his fault. I'm with you on that one. Uh, just wanted your thought uh, thoughts as a fan there. Um, but we haven't even talked about the Panthers' top five rated defense either. <laughs> yeah, we we did not. They are the complete package right now, and any team that has to face them going into the playoffs, they're going to be one of the hottest teams. So I do have this uh, little tidbit for you that I want to tell you. Was this a stat that you were that you were telling me about? No, I totally forgot about that stat. <laughs> okay, um, I had bolded it, and then we'll maybe recap it later, but. Earlier in the season, I put $10 on the Panthers to win the Super Bowl. I got that at plus 2200 I just want to put that out there. Wow. And when I made the bet, it was just because anything could happen. But now, watching this Panthers team, I am a lot more excited about that bet than I was when I made it. Especially with the injuries that we've seen in the NFC. Seattle's secondary is gone. They might not even make the playoffs. Carson Wentz is down. Things are wide open. Yeah. 
for uh, for any of these teams, especially with the way that the Panthers are playing right now. So I've I've got an easy win for them here, 35-17. Yeah, the, pa- the Panthers win, they're in, and in my opinion, they're going to win. So uh, let's move over to the last game. Here. Zeke! I'm excited. In I cannot league, wait to see this man back on the football field. In your league, I sat there and waited six games. I struggled through the playoffs and made it. And guess what? I get Zeke back. And you think I'm excited? The Dallas Cowboys are excited. Who do you have here? Dallas versus Seattle. Dallas getting Dallas giving two and a half points. A lot of hype. Oh, by, by the way, the first point I wanted to make, okay, I've got Dallas. Okay. Minus two and a half. But this line has already moved. I, I, I think it's at five and a half it's right now. It's at five and a half, yeah. Because so much money was just thrown on the two and a half. Yeah. But even at five and a half, I would take Dallas. Yeah, I, I do too. Um, I have Dallas here. Comfortable victory. Seattle's banged up. Seattle's O-line's bad, and that was evident last game. Um, that Last game was the most Russell Wilson's been sacked in a season. That's been sacked all season in a game. Um, getting, getting Zeke back is huge because what I thought was going to happen did not happen with Dallas. I thought they would probably go, what, one and five without Zeke? Yeah, they managed three. to do three and three without Zeke. This team, I, I think a big contributor to that is the fact that they're a different team with Sean Lee, yeah. a middle linebacker, when he's healthy. They're 6-2-1 and one against the spread in their last nine games just when he is in the lineup. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. Um, Sean Lee's healthy, and they're in a must-win. It's a must-win situation. When you have a defensive captain like Sean Lee out there in a must-win, he's going to get those young, those young guys in the secondary – that great D-line. Watch out for Demarcus Lawrence. I see a lot of havoc being wreaked. And you saw what Todd Gurley did against the Seattle defense. They've given up over 400 rushing yards in the past two weeks. What do you think Zeke's going to do? Oh, my God. A healthy, in shape, hasn't been taking lumps Zeke. I think Zeke might come out a little slow at first just to get the game rhythm back. But I think he is ready to rock and roll. And we've talked about Seattle, uh, how good they are at home. Uh, not last week, but on the road, 3-7-1 against the spread in their last 11. And not only are they on the road, but I think they're behind the eight ball here having to play a rejuvenated Dallas team with everything on the line in a must-win situation. Yeah, I, I do too. Dallas is going to come out slinging. At home, are you kidding me? Like, that's that's cookies in the bank. Sorry, Seattle. I don't care about your against the, 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 the spread run numbers. You guys are 2-3 and three in your last five games. You guys lost 42 seven at home to the Rams that you don't just bounce back on the road versus a hungry team who's getting their star player back brief review here uh we are on the same page for all four of these NFL games and uh we are going with the favorite in all four of these games as well yeah and I I like that too um with that being said do you want to move over to my favorite section the underdogs you know I feel like at this point there should be a spread on this <laughs> <laughs> because you have a 30 and a half point lead. Uh, you had a great call last week. Uh, you went with Boise state plus seven and a half. That was your victory. And then I had a very small victory. I had middle Tennessee state plus three and a half over Arkansas state. So you're sitting with 84 and a half and I'm sitting with 54. Shouldn't the bet also like, let's just put an over under let's just, let's just put Brad over <laughs> under 100 
Do you think I could get to one hundred by the end of there? I mean, you need some big po- picks to get there. Let's let's do this. If let's do this, how can we spice this up? If I get over one hundred, do you want me? Let's do one hundred five. I would say, okay. What do you want? One hundred five point five. One hundred five point five. What do you want to? What do you want to put on this? Well, I, I'm already facing like a double or nothing situation here. I already have to eat the damn triple McFish. So, what do you want from me? If I don't get over that, I have to join you, and we both have to do it. Yes. If I do, hmm. What could what could what could we what can we do? How about this? How about how about we sleep on it? Okay. How about we think on it? Next episode? And the next episode, we'll have it ready. But I might get it this episode, so we'll push it. We'll push it to next episode with, with a higher total. Go ahead and start. I have the New York Giants over Arizona four and a half points. Why I said that, Arizona, Arizona, Arizona. I know you're getting – you got Drew Stanton back last game after they benched Gabbert. But still, the statistic that I heard was sickening. Arizona has gotten into the red zone more than any team in the league this year. And their conversion percentage is less than 50%. That means the conversion to touchdowns. So I'm going with Arizona. I'm going with Giants there. My next one, this one I thought the wrong team was favored. West Virginia. um, I'm going to go with Real Greer over Utah. Four and a half points. And my last one, I'm going to go with my boy Rosen. To close his collegiate career, I have him over Kansas State three points. That's one where I think they picked the wrong favorite. Yeah, definitely. For sure. So, All right. Uh, well, I'll go ahead and start with mine. Uh, I also have uh, the New York Giants uh, plus four and a half over Arizona. So, wow, nice. you were really on the same page there because nice. uh, that was my only uh, one in the NFL. And then for my college games, I went in a different direction. In the Texas Bowl, I've got Texas plus three over Missouri. And then my final, uh, why not? I got military money again. This time, in the Armed Forces Bowl, Army plus seven over San Diego State. I was so close to doing that, but what, San Diego State, how many games they lost? Like two two games all season? Oh, yeah, they've had and a great year. Their offense is so high-powered. I don't know if Army can keep their defense, have their defense hold them long enough. But I do, I really do. I'm going to tell you this right now before it hits. I really do love that bet. I do as well. Well, Brad, you got any uh, fun plans uh, for uh, the old Christmas holiday? Uh, I'm gonna watch a lot of basketball. Um, gonna win some money. You got some good college basketball on this weekend. S- yeah, some great. Um, can I just go ahead and throw out that stat that I was gonna tell you? Yes, please. It's the most useless stat that I found. USF ranks number two in the nation in plays called per game. Plays called per game, so that that high power Charlie Strong offense, number two. <laughs> you, you know what though? I it, it's a great stat. I think a lot of that is on Quentin Flowers and just how well he runs the offense. Yeah, he, he's out there. doing That's what great. it comes down to. You need the field general out there knowing what he's doing, and that's why they're so difficult to stop. And that's why you can count on USF to cover two points. Oh, easy, easy money there. Um, yeah, I'm excited for us to go to this bowl game. Um. Guys, uh, can you do us a favor and like, comment, share, subscribe, whatever you do, because we're working with this thing, this big beast called SEO that we got to beat out. Um, if you don't know what that is, Google it. But the more you guys engage, the more we get up there. 
Uh, we're excited for the things that we have in store for you guys coming up here. And thank you for being great fans. And we want to hear from you, please. Yes. Um, anything you got to say on the show, if you want to get at us on a game, if you have um, something else, uh, a, a differing opinion. Yeah. Let us know. Yeah. We're all ears. We're at Best the House. Best the House is besthouse.com. We're on Twitter at Best the House. We're pretty much at Best House everywhere except Instagram. Please check out the website. Yes. www.besthehouse. I thank you guys so much for tuning in. Good luck on your bets and knock them dead.